Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. listening to the Tamar Yono Show here at Israel News Talk Radio. And today we're going to be talking about the Ukraine, gold, electric vehicles, and more. Believe me, more. And uh, our guest on today's show is none other than Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He's a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University. He's authored over 80 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideastern world issues. I want to welcome to the show Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. Okay, great. So, uh, where do you want to start? Ukraine? Yeah, I'm afraid so. Unfortunately, um, the real question today that needs to be asked, Ukraine is on verge of extinction right now. The, the Russians have begun their, their winter offensive. Um, uh, uh, the Ukrainian, uh, Ukrainian forces are in um, uh, various stages of collapse, depending on where they are. Um, and we need to go back to last March to ask the really disgusting and, the, and, and, dis- and terrible question, who prevented peace in Europe? It's not the first time Europe has heard such a such a question. The U.S. engineered the Ukraine war because they're afraid, terrified, I should say, of a partnership between Russian resources and German capital. And that, of course, what symbolizes that more than anything else is Nord Stream. That that we now know, with almost with almost certainty, that it was the Americans that blew it up. In March 2022, then Prime Minister of Israel, Bennett, went to Moscow and actually succeeded in brokering a peace deal, a real peace deal. He had it closed. Putin agreed. Zelensky agreed. Biden did not agree. And he stopped it. And again, why did he stop it? Because... He was afraid that the, the, the Washington establishment is afraid of Russian resources and German capital. Germany has, as everyone knows, a great deal of capital. Well, not so much anymore, but they did a year ago. Um, and, of course, Russia is the most resource-rich country in the world because it's also the largest country in terms of landmass. U.S. and France rejected it. Ukrainians can die. Ukraine has now consumed a phenomenal percent of NATO ammunition. More than 33% of all stockpiles, and in some cases, more than 50% of some of the stockpiles. There's a very simple statement in, 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 in military science. When you run out of ammunition, you die. And Ukraine is running out of ammunition. The United States has promised verbally a million, I'm, we're talk, I'm, I'm, if I speak just a moment, just about uh, artillery shells, what's called 155 millimeter hard shell artillery. There are many kinds of artillery, but just to take one example. The United States uh, 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 government promised them a million shells. They don't have a million shells. They can't 
can't supply what they do not have, and they can't produce it. Ukraine fires today, every day, approximately double the amount of ammunition that Europe and U.S. together produce, and that's after a 500% production increase. So on, on, on this issue of a million shows that were promised that the United States doesn't have, because, of course, Biden is very free with his promises. It doesn't matter that he doesn't, he doesn't have what to, uh, any way to fulfill his promise. So the U.S. came to Israel. There's a, a contractual relationship of strategic reserve between the United States and Israel. Israel has given permission, this is quite some time ago, during, I think it was during the time of, of Nixon. I'm, it might be after that. I'm not certain of that, uh, on the, of exactly what happened. The United States uh, um, uh, 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 signed an agreement with Israel for what's called a strategic reserve. And one of the items in the strategic reserve is 155 millimeter ammunition. So the United States can draw on it if there's a conflagration in the Middle East. And of course, Israel can draw on it if uh, there is a, a, a specific need, uh, like for instance, during a war. Israel has never drawn on it till now. The United States just took 300,000 155 millimeter shells from Israel from that strategic reserve. They broke a contract. Of course, not the first time the United States has broken a contract with Israel, but um, uh, uh, um, yeah, um, that's what happened. And so these went to Ukraine. Ukraine uh, um, uh, fired them off within um, a few days. And Ukraine is, again, nearly nearing the end of its ammunition. Just to give um, uh, um, numbers that people can comprehend easily, Ukraine fires on the average about 6,000 rounds of, of uh, artillery per day. In some cases, it can get up to as much as 10,000. That's its limit. Of course, it depends, among other things, on how many, um, um, uh, uh, how do you say it in English, um, artillery cannons that, that are actually functional. Okay. On the average, it's 6,000. Russia fires about 60,000, 10 times the amount. Of course, there's no way that Ukraine can defeat that. It's just not, it's not possible. Hmm. Ukraine is very close to being past tense as, a, as any sort of a viable entity. There's basically almost nothing left there. So that would not be in the interest then of the United States, of the Biden administration, I should say. Biden administration, the Biden administration basically is so, um, on the one hand, ignorant of reality, and the other hand, and on the other hand, so ghoulish that they just don't care. All they care about is what they're, what, uh, what, 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 what they think is important to them, and they lie continually. It's the same thing we've seen with these balloons. We now know. If I can just go off subject for for a moment, uh, we now know that the first balloon that they shot down, um, to put it very bluntly, they shot it down with an F twenty two and a and a half million dollar rocket, uh, a missile, air to air missile, when they could easily just as easily have shot it down with a with a uh, with a helicopter, um, and uh, and a rocket that costs about ten thousand dollars, but it doesn't have the same show. Mm-hmm. And the other three that they shot down, we're pretty sure right now that they were hobbyist balloons 
that people were flying just like pe- like children fly kites. Some hobbyists fly high air balloons and you know collect data from it or whatever they do with it. Or it's just hobbyists. These balloons cost about twelve dollars, and the United States shot them down for half a million dollars each because it's show. There's nothing else there. It's, everything is managed by PR, by show. But it's, my point was is that if the Ukraine loses, then that is not in the interest of the Biden administration who didn't want the war to end because you're saying that they didn't want this collaboration with Germany and Russia. Of course. The, the, the biggest loser of them all in, in this, aside from the... What's horrible? What's the horrible things that are happening to the the poor citizens in Ukraine? Um, uh, 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 the biggest loser strategically is the United States. It's an enormous loss for the United States now that everybody in Europe basically knows that the, that that the United States basically shot them in the back by the destruction of the, of the Nord Stream and lied about it. I mean, who's going to trust the United States for the next couple of years? I mean, anybody, anybody, anybody who trusts them has to be have his head, his head examined. They know that the Biden administration, from top to bottom, can only lie. They have nothing else. They don't have another line to to, to sink. And they lie badly. Oh yes, very badly. Did, did, did you see that 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 hilarious thing that? Uh, that they just did about uh, uh, where uh, Biden grew up. Oh, uh, with, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I sent that to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. And, and it's absolutely yeah. true. It's quotations. And once, once he, he says he grew up in a synagogue, and then he grew up in a Puerto Rican church, and then he grew up in a black church. You know, where, did, did he grow up at all? Or has he remained a juvenile until now? <laughs> An 80-year-old juvenile. He can't even remember what lies he's told. Right. Um. Okay, so what do we do with all this information? We have two minutes till the break. Uh, I don't think there's anything that we can do. We just need to be aware of what's really going on because as far as I can tell, the American media is just as bad as the Biden administration. It is just simply not bothering to tell anybody the truth anymore. And so you just can't believe what you hear. You have to get multiple sources... As, I, as I've told you in the past, I access on a, on a continual basis about 20 different sources of information. And even then, I'm not 100% sure that what I have is correct. I try to cross-check things to get them from at least more than one source. But basically, the news, the news media today around the world are basically unreliable. And American news media is probably the worst of them all. Right. Well, I think that a lot of us have seen that, especially since the pandemic. So um... I agree. It's very unfortunate. It's very upsetting. I don't like to have to say this, mm-hmm. um, but I don't. I, you know, I, I get news media from from the United States as well, but I take everything with a grain of salt and I try to double check whatever I can. I mean, look at this horrible this this horrible accident in Ohio. <laughs> The, the reaction of the, of the Biden administration to this tremendous catastrophe is simply ridiculous. Well, that's what they say, that they're using distraction with the balloons. Anyway, we have to take a break. We're going to be right back. I have more to say about this as well. 
Shalom, this is Nadia Matar from the Sovereignty Movement. At a time when there is so much disinformation, you have to know who to listen to to know what really is going on in Israel. Israel News Talk Radio is the radio where you can know that what you hear is the truth. Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. One minute of Torah. God gives precise instructions how to build the tabernacle in this week's Torah portion to Ruma. For example, the walls were to be constructed specifically from vertical planks of acacia wood, or in Hebrew, atzei shitim. Hasidic masters note the similarity to the word shtut, meaning foolishness. At first glance, foolishness seems way out of place in a center of holiness. Yet, like most things in our world, foolishness itself is neutral. It depends what we use it for. Foolishness leading us away from God is obviously unholy and to be avoided. But there is also a holy type of foolishness. A seemingly illogical attitude of going beyond the letter of the law and giving to another or to God more than what seems rational. A blinding love, you may call it. Anytime we sin, we are being foolish in a negative sense, weakening our connection with God, our source of life. To combat this, let's increase our foolishness in the positive sense, going above and beyond the norm in our quest for holiness and connection with God. With your Ein Tarman of Torah, this is Chavai Zikovich. We are back here at the Tamar Yuna Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We are live if you want to call in and join us on the air with a comment or a question. Our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And uh, we are live if you're listening on Sunday between 4 to 5 p.m. Holy time right here in the land of Israel. Or if it's between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. That means that we are live and you can uh, call in. If you're hearing the show at any other time, it means it's on a replay. We are not live, so don't call in. Okay, saying all of that, we were talking before about the Ukraine and about how uh, there was a peace deal and how it wasn't, um, it wasn't accepted, and that was the Biden administration that voted against it. And you you were saying something in, in the right before we went to a break. Do you remember what you were saying? Um, what about Ohio? I'm, I'm not much about sure. Ohio. Yeah, I wanted to say something about that. It's interesting that just before the uh, just before this this happened in Ohio, uh, the I think it was the Secretary of State who was at Milken. What's his name? from the United States came here to Israel and was... Blinken. Blinken, thank you. Yeah, the the English expression is a blinking fool. (laughs) So he came here apparently and was pressuring Prime Minister Netanyahu, or I should say pressuring Israel, not to uh, annex and not to legalize Jewish communities that are in Judea and Samaria. And and that, that happened, you know, like East Jerusalem or I should say the Eastern uh, Judean Samaria, which some people call the West Bank, but it's actually the Eastern part. And um, then after that, sometime later, all of a sudden we have this horrible, devastating, traumatic, terrible, tragic uh, train derailment in where? 
East Palestine, a place called East Palestine. I think that there is some type of message there. That's just my opinion and many other people's opinion because people have been talking about it. And I don't think that there is a coincidence there. Okay. That's all I wanted to say about that. People well, should I don't think, think there it. are coincidences anywhere, but okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, now we're going to go to gold. Oh, yes, going to gold. Gold is one of my favorite subjects. I love, love talking about gold. <laughs> okay, let's talk about gold and the future of money. Okay, so first of all, let's start with the fact that uh, sort of summing up 2022, central banks around the world have been continuing to purchase gold at record amounts. We haven't seen these this quantity of purchasing and uh, um, uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, for the reserves, for national reserves in, in uh, uh, more than 50 years. And interestingly, the leading country, the country that bought the most amount in 2022 was Turkey, whose economy is basically on the skids. I mean, their, their economy is in terrible shape. Yet they found the um, wherewithal to purchase record amounts of gold. No one really understands how they, go, did, how they did that, but that just happens to be a fact. The world's central banks have grown very aggressive in all of their policies, in their publicly faced policies and in their private private policies. Public face, we've seen this with, in terms of uh, interest rates and things like that. They've become very aggressive, not very effective, but very aggressive. The problem is that they actually have much less power than they think they do. The central banks just don't have the power that they once had even though they haven't quite figured that out yet. We seem to be moving towards an economic environment where there are going to be specific market sections of the real economy that are going to separate from standard central bank's authority and positioning. And I'm talking about paper financial assets and things like that, the so-called um, toilet paper assets, if you'll pardon the uh, bluntness. We're going to see growth in alternative assets. I strongly believe this. I'm making a prediction, so of course I could be wrong, but I strongly believe that we're going to be seeing primary growth areas will be in alternative assets. And that, of course, includes gold and silver and other metals. And some people are talking about platinum, palladium, and other things. I'm seeing it in money things that people don't expect to see it in, including many metals that sound reasonably prosaic, like uh, copper. We're seeing copper is, is, is the price is rising rapidly. Mercury has got, gotten enormously more expensive. A lot of other models. So it's not just gold and silver, though, of course, those are the most important ones. Those are, uh, how, how, uh, I just saw a, a superb um, um, uh, a video with a, a, um, a leading financier, and he called gold and silver God's money. Uh, you, again, you can you can accept his his phraseology if you like, or or reject it. Doesn't matter. But gold and silver have been the currency Standard. of highest value for the past five thousand years, basically since civilization began. Right. Yes, gold and silver. Gold and silver, and I, I personally believe that silver will even outshine gold in the long term. Um, gold is doing very well. Um, 
if, if I just make a comparison for approximately six months, we're, we're in February now. I started following it closely in, I think it was in July, which means that's, what is that, seven months actually? Um, I've done 30%. I don't think that's bad. I think that's pretty good for, 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 for seven months. So I'm not, I'm, I'm pleased. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, silver is doing well as well. Not as well as I would have hoped that silver is still being uh, uh, impeded for some reason by, by somebody. I don't know exactly who. But silver is doing well, not as well as gold. I believe in the long term, silver will impress even more than gold does. But that's my personal belief. And again, you don't have to accept my belief. Um, I can say that I, I, I am putting my money where my mouth is. And I I want to make clear for our listeners, we're not telling you what to do. You have to make your own decisions on what is best for you. And I also want to ask you, in your opinion, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem, is it better to buy, purchase gold from a company that holds it for you or that actually gives you the gold in your hands? There's no way to answer that question. It's a good question. It's an excellent question. But the answer is that it depends a tremendous amount on your personal um, uh, on your personal positioning. For instance, if you're going to have it in hand, um, where are you going to store it? Are you going to store? Do you have a way to store it in some way which is reasonably safe, or are you going to invite the thief into your home? Um, uh, 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 that's the most prosaic issue of them all. But there are other issues. Uh, uh, if you purchase it in a place that stores it for you. How reliable are you, are they? Can you depend upon them? Do you do you have have you a way of checking out their background and their and their uh, 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 reliability long term? There are some companies that are superbly reliable in that. For instance, I know of one company in the Cayman Islands that does a superb job, has a phenomenal vault for it. But again, it depends on your personal situation whether or not you know what what suits you. Well, just make sure it's a reputable company. Because I've, I've heard talk that uh, if you don't have it in your own hands, you never know if this gold really exists or not. And, Again, uh, it depends on how you do things and who you are. Uh, uh, it depends on your quantities. It depends on a lot of things. But there are things that anybody can do. Just to give you a, just a, a little example, you can buy today a, 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 a one-ounce silver coin for about somewhere between 25 and $30. Everybody can do that, and they can put it someplace in a drawer, and there's no significant danger to that. It's small. It can be hidden away easily, and it can be stored. And if you can accumulate these a few at a time, even if you're even if you're you're not a rich person, you can accumulate these, and they will store their value. And the same thing, just a little bit richer, you can do that with a gold coin as well. Personally, I don't like coins because there's a premium that you pay for the aesthetics of it. I, I like bullion better, but that's a question of taste. But again, even bullion, you can buy little bits of it. You can buy a 10-gram ten ten piece of bullion, gold bullion. You can buy a, a one-ounce of, of gold bullion. Or, or if you're rich, you can buy a bar. You can, that's not a problem. Okay. All right. But so there's no standard answer. You need to know what your personal uh, uh, situation is and what suits you. Yeah. People should research the different places and, as you said, their circumstances and research, 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 and then make your decision. 
and, and if confer, you need, you and can confer go with to other people who knows too. And, and get get, in, yeah. get advice. That's yeah. legitimate. Also. Yeah, we are not telling you what to do. Um, we we really can't do that anyway, and uh, so that's yeah. So that's that. Okay. Well, on the issue of gold and silver, I can tell people what I do. Yes. And you can, and they didn't want to accept that or not. Again. Right. Okay, so we're going to. Well, I guess we have another few, few sec, several seconds until we go to the next topic, which is going to be EVs, which are electric vehicles. And they're not all that they're racked up to be, are they, Doctor Mordechai Ben Menachem? No, not for a very large, large, large uh, portion of that. <laughs> we're going to be bursting some. Uh, how, how can I put this in a? In a very um, uh, uh, poignant and 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 uh, realistic manner, right now we're going to be bursting some balloons here. It's going to be electrifying, everybody. Like this, yes. <laughs> All right, we're going to be going to a break. When we get back, we're going to be talking about this and new shorts as well. Possibilities: earthquakes, North Korea, Pakistan's begging. What's that about? All this when we get back. Don't go anywhere. This is tour guide Nassim Shulman. Let's take a virtual tour in Israel together. This week, we visit one of the most significant biblical sites in the country, the Gate of Mercy, which is located on the eastern wall of Jerusalem's old city. Although this off-the-beaten-track gem doesn't see a lot of visitors, its importance isn't only in its rich past, but also its glorious future. Look behind me and you can see the double-arched monumental gate. As you see, the gate is still beautiful, but it is also sealed and has been since 1541 when the Ottoman Turks closed it off. Why did they do that? According to Jewish tradition, when Messiah comes to redeem Israel, he will enter this very gate, and they were trying to make sure that Messiah couldn't enter. Don't worry, this ceiling won't prevent Messiah from doing anything when the time of redemption is at hand. But it illustrates that even they 100% believed in his coming, or else why would have they invested so many resources to prevent it? Though currently sealed, the passageway on the other side of the gate still leads to the top of the Temple Mount. In the days of the Holy Temple, it was through the Eastern Gate that the High Priest led the extremely rare Red Heifer onto the Mount of Olives. After being slaughtered and burnt, the ashes of the cow were collected and mixed with special water, which would then be sprinkled on someone who was impure, thus allowing him to enter the Temple in a state of purity. Every year, on the holiest day of the year, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, a he-goat with the lot which read to Azazel, was sent out of this gate by the high priest, where he was brought to a mountain in the Judean desert and killed. This was a very important commandment and an essential aspect in the atonement service of Yom Kippur. When the third temple is reestablished, this gate will once again be used in these holy services. Until then, the gate remains sealed and is waiting for you to come visit and pray that the temple should be rebuilt speedily in our days and that this gate will be reopened. For more information on how you can tour Israel's off-the-bean-track biblical sites like the Gate of Mercy, visit guidedtoursofisrael.com. This is Tour Guide Nussan Shulman for your INTR One Minute of Touring Israel. Look us up at guidedtoursofisrael.com. 
right, we are back at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com in this lovely, beautiful, sunny Sunday here in Israel. All right, our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. We are t- we were talking about Ukraine, gold, and now we're going to be speaking about electric vehicles. They're not all what they are racked up to be. Go ahead. Okay, um, I'm going to be bursting some. Uh, balloons here. So if people don't like what I'm saying, you can just sort of um, uh, 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 take what I'm saying with um, a grain of salt. But I challenge anyone who disagrees to uh, uh, look things up and actually research these things for themselves. Uh, I I assure you that I, I, I thoroughly believe in everything that I'm saying, and I have thoroughly researched these things, and I'm more than willing to accept new data if anyone has it. So let's start with the most basic item. Everybody talks and, uh, of the you know the so-called uh, greenies talk about electric vehicles more green than internal combustion engines. That's simply not true. Num- numerically, it's a matter. Of, it's a question of numbers. And here I'm going to give you some of the basic facts that you can check out. First of all, 90% of all subassemblies. Remember. Uh, a normal vehicle has a few tens of thousands of parts, depending on the type and size and etc. A few tens of thousands of parts. Ninety percent of all subassemblies are made of China, are made in China, and these are all made on purely on coal power, which is the dirtiest coal power. Coal is the dirtiest fuel for electricity, for, for powering things, and Chinese coal is the dirtiest coal in the world. Now remember they stopped importing coal from Australia, and Australian coal is the cleanest coal in the world. The American coal power is the cleanest power, coal, cleanest coal power stations. The coal itself in Australia is the cleanest coal in the world. Chinese coal is the, is the dirtiest coal in the world. So 90% of the subassemblies are made in China. The body of the vehicles is much more carbon intensive than that of standard vehicles more carbon intensive with the most optimistic data as anyone can guess the most optimistic data comes from tesla it takes three to five years to break even in terms of carbon neutrality comparing a an electric vehicle with a with a uh, uh, internal combustion engine vehicle if it lasts five years we're not even certain that the average electric vehicle is going to last five years now. Um, but forget the actual cost price issues. Um, can we actually do it? I mean, the, the, these people like the people in the in the Biden maladministration are telling us they want to convert all the the, the entire fleet of American vehicles to uh, uh, electric power within, uh, I don't know how many years. Is it even possible? Well, let's look at that. Aluminium, silicon, graphite, cobalt, chromium, zinc, lithium, nickel. All of these electric vehicles take between 50% more and 500% more than in internal combustion engines. None of these materials are, of course, sustainable. None of these materials are renewable. So anybody telling you that an electric vehicle is is a renewable power source is ridiculous. Ridiculous. None of these materials, and these are the 
primary materials that compose the electric vehicle are in any way renewable, nor do we have sufficient quantities of them on the planet to convert the entire fleet of vehicles to electric vehicles. Even if it were physically possible to do so, we don't have the materials to do it. Okay, so the question has to be asked, did the Biden administration just not do the right research, or is there an agenda here? Well, you're asking me to to guess. My guess is that there's an agenda, because I don't believe, and I could be wrong here, but I don't believe that even Biden can be that stupid. I mean, this is this is just basic arithmetic. You don't you don't have to have any training to do this. Anybody can look this up. There are hundreds of videos on YouTube that give you the correct information. I mean, even even if you don't want to go deep into these things, I mean, it's it's not possible to not know this if you know anything, whatever about anything in in industry in 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 whatever field that you're talking about. Okay, so let me stop you here for a moment. So saying that, let's say that your guess is correct and that they're doing this purposely, even though they know that it's not sustainable and that it makes even worse pollution and carbon problem than if we stayed with gasoline-powered cars. What is the reason for it? I, I can only say that I personally do not know I do, however, <clears throat> pardon me, I do, however, uh, uh, remember quite well the statement made several years ago by the head of the IPCC, the um, uh, United Nations body that talks about, uh, all, all, uh, you know, that uh, originates all this carbon blah, blah, uh, uh, where she said that the obje- her, their objective is uh, wealth transfer from the West to the East. That's what she said. I didn't say it. He, she said it. She said that is the objective. Did she lie to us? I don't know. I mean, you know. It's, and, it's, and how does that work out, the transfer of money? Well, 90% of the subassemblies are manufactured in, in China. China. Right. You know, the United States is, fu- is functionally, they're financing China. China wants to take over, economically take over the world, and the United States is financing that. And this is, it doesn't matter if you're talking about um, uh, uh, Tesla or Ford or, or whatever company, all of these companies manufacture at least partially in China. All of them. They have no choice. You know, for instance, China uh, controls the market for many of these materials. Uh, for instance, lithium can be found in many places around the world, but China refines 90% of the lithium that, comes out, that, that, go, that goes into final products. There's one thing to mine it. It's another thing, which, by the way, is highly carbon intensive, the mining of it. Um, It's one thing to mine it. It's another thing to refine it. The United States does not have a single plan to refine lithium, just as one example. Okay. And, of course, I gave a whole long list of of other things. You talk about nickel and palladium, etc. The primary source for these materials is Russia. So who are you financing by this? So... If indeed that's the case, then wouldn't that be treason? I'm not. Okay, sorry, everybody. We're having a 
small technical difficulty. We're going to get a caller now, and we have joining us Tar calling in from the Midwest. Hi there, Tar. Hi, Tamara. Uh, this, uh, this whole uh, converting over to electric uh, vehicles is, to me, the, the most absurd thing, and, and there's a lot of things going on in the world, but it is by far the most absurd thing that's happening. There is absolutely no way that we have the uh, capacity to uh, supply uh, energy, uh, fuel, whatever, electricity to all the, the vehicles. Uh, I also, on top of what the uh, what the guest was saying, uh, it's so much going to be so much easier to control our uh, movement. Uh, it's a lot easier to shut down the electrical grid than it is to shut down fuel gas stations and and stuff like that. So that's also another reason I believe that they are pushing it. But uh, watching our commercials here in the United States, the auto commercials, commercials it's nothing but electric vehicles and it it boggles my mind how everybody is so gullible and cannot understand what's going on okay dr mordechai ben menachem do you want to comment on that um yes i do actually as a matter of fact uh, uh first of all Tara, thank you for calling in you're absolutely correct um uh, uh i wish i could say that you weren't but you but you are uh, uh, but it goes beyond that. I and mean, let, let, let's look what's going on around the on the world. Uh, California this summer told people not to charge their electric vehicles because the the grid couldn't handle it. Switzerland is now contemplating uh, limiting the use legally limiting the use of, of electric vehicles to only quote absolutely necessary journeys. Uh, limiting the use legally limiting the use of electric vehicles. Absolutely necessary. Uh, okay, so that's feedback from Tar. So we're going to say goodbye to Tar. Thank you for your call. Uh, so you know what? Uh, you just put into my brain uh, now, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. Is that it? I'm the surgeon. Wait, 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 wait. Listen to this. When, when you were talking about that, how they were stopping people from charging their vehicles, this is just another way to control people because then they'll say you only have a few carbon points. You know, there's this whole thing about credit cards now that they'll show you how much carbon you're using. And, you know, by that, uh, they're they're already saying that this is how one way they're going to get to 2030 where you will own nothing and you'll be happy. And that's by making people much more, you know, like uh, limited in what they can do. And that is that, uh, you know, they'll say, well, you don't have enough carbon points to be able to travel. You don't have enough carbon points enabled to go here or do that or purchase this or use that, etc. What do you have to say? Well, first of all, I, I, I'm not a, what, what do they call it, a conspiracy theorist. So, so I'm, I don't know if that's what, that's what the objective is. I know that that potency, that potentially does exist. It could be that that's what they're, that's what they're thinking of. Frankly, I don't think they're smart enough to even just think that far ahead. Well, I you I know I do on a, on a on a on a on a tier that just gotten to the point of total absurdity. Don't underestimate your enemy. They want to have kill switches on all new cars now too, in certain places. Within with electric vehicles, you are much more limited, and no electric vehicle basically is is equipped to handle long term driving. If you if you need to drive for more than a few hours a day, an electric vehicle just doesn't really handle it well. 
Remember, if you have a solar um, a, a solar uh, uh, um, uh, power installation on your, on your rooftop in a home, it'll take you three days on an average to charge your Tesla. Hmm. That's crazy. That's just, I mean, that, that's arithmetic. Again, you can look this up. This is arithmetic. This is not something that I can... That I can invent. Well, I just wanted to, to mention here also that the quote unquote conspiracy theorists, who are people who are doing research and are worried, uh, they are saying that if indeed this does happen with these carbon points, et cetera, et cetera, that it's going to be the biggest lockdowns that we're going to ever see. That people will well, not be able look, to go. Look, you won't be able to go f- take a flight different. to see your mom and dad on the holidays. You won't be able to take a flight for vacation. You don't have enough carbon points, etc. So go well, ahead. I mean, there are so many aspects of this. You know, Anderson, uh, 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 Anderson Economic just found that owning an electric vehicle in 2022 is more expensive than owning a, an, an internal combustion engine uh, automobile. Ownership. Not, I'm not talking about purchasing. Ownership. Own, owning the, the vehicle is, is, is more expensive. Hmm. And as I said, if you're talking about renewable, none of these materials are renewable. They are all um, uh, 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 limited supply. And many of them, the supply on the planet is not by any means prolific. The shift to renewable energy will change the energy map but not without significant investment in the electric grid. To reform the American electric grid to be able to handle solar power, wind power, and electric vehicles will cost approximately $500 billion every year for the next 50 years. Where is that money supposed to come from? Last week, there was a a major solar flare and parts of the American electric grid went down. American, American electric grid is, is 50 years out of date. And that is not an exaggerated number. 50 years out of date. America does not have the capital to update its infrastructure to the present, much less to the future. Okay, hang on. We have a caller before we go. We have joining us Antonio from the USA. Hi, Antonio. What's your comment or question? Hi. Um, I'd like to add to it. Um, I think what society is trying to do is restructure the world slowly by implementing different um, things that people can do or whatever it is, and which which is not right because you should have free will. Another thing I'd like to add with uh, Palestine um, and Ohio, why aren't they the conductors are not an issue of it. What happened to them since this big um, explosion and so forth that happened? What do you mean that they're not talking? What, what do you mean? Well, when they broke the, um, the train, what happened to them? Are they alive? Are they dead? Why did this happen? There's no such thing as coincidence, but a luck. So something is behind. Something is playing behind the scenes. I hear you. I, I, I have heard, but I can't quote it because I don't remember the source, that there were no deaths, but I could be, I could be mistaken. Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem, did you want to weigh in on that? Anything that I, you don't, heard? I haven't heard of any deaths. I've heard a lot right. of horrible things with this Ohio thing, but I haven't heard of actual deaths. I, right. I haven't heard that there were zero. I haven't heard anything about deaths. 
And I understand there have been like uh, several derailings in the past week or so, a week or two. It's not just in Ohio. I think that they are doing something behind the scene to distract people. And the same thing that happened, for example, with 9-11, when they stated that the water and and you can breathe the air and so forth, and what happened later on in life? People got cancer and died and so forth. So I don't trust the government. I'm sorry, you know. I'm not sorry. That's how I feel. Yeah, Can I be trusted? I, I, I hear you. And just the fact that even if you're wrong and you really can trust the government, just that you're saying that is a very sad, uh, shows what a very sad state we're in that people can't, don't even feel that they can trust their own governments because you want to trust your government. You want to make, you want to think that your government has your back and really has your best interests for you. And that's why you voted them in. And that's what they're doing to the best of their ability. And when you come to a conclusion that somehow you feel that you're being betrayed or there or something, even again, even if you're wrong, then it's still a sad state that we're in. Uh, Dr. Mordechai, thanks for your call, Antonio. Dr. Mordechai, okay, we care. have to end soon. Did you want to weigh in on any last issue? Yeah, I think I think I just want to weigh in on what, what Antonio said. Uh, Antonio, thank you for calling in. Um, uh, 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 I think what you said is very important. Look, if I look at my, my attitude towards the Israeli government, of course, they're human beings. They don't 100% trust everything they do. They, 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 they make mistakes like anybody. But on a basic level, I trust my government. I don't think many people in America tr- trust their government today, or the news media, or even sub sub government things like the FBI or the CIA or the or or, or the medical establishment, or whatever. And I think, I think that goes beyond sad. I think that basically you're talking about revolutionary war. You're talking about a, a situation where if people really can't trust you trust at all even the individual branches of government, then you're talking about revolution or, uh, a revolution. And that's an extremely diff, uh, 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 dangerous situation to be in. I don't think people have come to that point yet. I don't think people are, are suffering that much that they're saying they're going to go out and risk their risk everything in order to... I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not certain that you're right. Look at the level of street crime in the United States. Isn't that what people are saying? But but those people and, don't. And, and, those and, people aren't and, the ones that carry and guns and are and are into a store and, and and take what they like. Aren't they saying that they don't trust the government? Yeah. Yes, but I don't see them as the ones that are going to go out into the street and start, you know, fighting. I don't see them as fighters. I see them as establishment people who are waiting for the waiting for the uh, government to do something, the police to do something. I don't see them being, you know, vigil vigil in that sense. That's well, just my I, opinion. I, I think I do. I'm not certain, but I you think I do. Right? I'm seeing the start of that. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. All right. I think I'm seeing the start of that. And well, very sad. you know what? If anybody wants to weigh in, you can write us at Tamar, T-A-M-A-R, at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and I will pass those emails on to Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, and uh, maybe if he has time, he can answer you on that also. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening to us, and I want to thank you, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, for being with us and all the callers. We love getting your phone calls from all around and uh, and hearing from you, our listeners. So thank you, everybody, for being with us. You've been listening to the Tamariano Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Next up is Returning Home, also a live show. We'll be back 
next week for the Tomorrow You on the Show. And thank you for being with us. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from Leech City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Garst from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.